This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 3rd, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The foster care system is broken, but how to fix it while preserving family unity remains a challenge. Andrew Brown is a senior fellow at the Foundation for Government Accountability. We discussed some options that give parents the security of knowing they won't lose their kids when they reach out for help. It strikes me that the foster care system and systems as they operate in, in states around the country uh, is a disaster that everyone knows is a disaster and it affects the lives of tens of thousands of children and no one seems to have an idea of substantively what to do about it, that these children just pass through these systems and you know, it affects them mentally and emotionally for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's exactly right. The Department of Health and Human Services actually released the latest foster care numbers on September 18th, and they showed a sharp increase in the number of children entering the foster care system, up about 15,000 from 2013. And this is the first time we've seen an increase that sharp in nearly a decade. And what it seems to suggest is we're possibly going through another cycle of child welfare departments responding in much the same way that they've responded in previous cycles. So with the child welfare system, you tend to see this boom and bust cycle. They'll err on the side of family preservation and fewer removals of kids. And then eventually something will happen and they'll react to that negative story and they'll start removing more kids. And it's this back and forth uh, between these two extremes, but it's all centered around The government child welfare system knows what's best and is best equipped to help families that are in crisis situations and to help children that are in crisis situations, rather than looking at issues or solutions that are from the local community. What is a solution to this problem? One solution that we've been working with at the Foundation for Government Accountability is a group out of Chicago called Safe Families for Children. What Safe Families does is it's really a preemptive private alternative to foster care. They organize through the local community, primarily through faith-based organizations, places of worship, to recruit, screen, and train volunteer host families. And these volunteers commit to taking care of the children of families in their community who are experiencing crisis situations like a job loss, homelessness, even having to go in for drug rehabilitation. They do this on an entirely voluntary basis, so unlike foster care, these families are not compensated. Also, unlike foster care, it's entirely private and entirely voluntary on the part of the family that's experiencing uh, the crisis situation. So this family, rather than having a CPS social worker coming into their home and saying, you need to address X, Y, and Z, or else we're going to take your kids away from you, this family can say, I know I need to address X, Y, and Z. I'm going to go to this family in my community who I trust, who doesn't have the power to take my kids from me, and is willing to support me as I address the issues that are leading me to seek help. So what we're doing through Safe Families is removing the fear component that's involved in these decisions and replacing that with a motivating factor of that parent wants to be a better parent for their kids. Um, And they can do that without the fear of their kid being taken away from them. Even people with severe substance abuse problems uh, know that 
they love their kids, and and that nobody nobody really questions the idea that uh, no no one is going to care more about the welfare of a child than their parents. Right. When I was in law school, I had the opportunity to participate in our school's child advocacy clinic, and part of that was handling cases of abuse and neglect that were going through uh, the county that our law school was in. So I'm a green, naive, soon-to-be attorney, and I'm arguing the first words that I've ever spoken in court, which is recommending that a judge terminate a mother's rights to her kids. And the moment I say those words to the judge, the mother breaks down just bawling in the middle of the courtroom. And for me, that was a profound moment because it was a realization that this mother loved her kids. She didn't want to lose them. She wanted to be a good mom, but she had all of these issues that she couldn't get help with. She was socially isolated. She had no one in her community to turn to for help. And the only people that were coming in was CPS um, and putting deadlines and restrictions and do this or else type situations. A few years later, I learned about the Safe Families program and that was the first person I thought of was this mother and realizing if she had gotten the help that she needed from the local community through a safe families type organization, it's very possible that her life and her children's life could have been much, much different. My concern with something like this, it seems like a almost a diversionary program to keep uh, families from getting entangled in CPS, which I think a lot of people would agree with me in saying that it, they're often predatory in the way that they deal with uh, families and their metrics aren't necessarily the metrics that would lead to keeping families whole. So what of the idea that CPS will seek to come in and say, well, you know what these people that are doing, they're providing foster care and that's our domain. We want a, we want, we want a piece of that, however, however defined. That's really what motivated us at FGA to get involved with Safe Families. We love the model. We believe that it harnesses civil society um, and uses it to promote positive good without government intervention. The big thing that we're dealing with in advancing this solution at the state level is exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Safe Families runs into problems from time to time when they try to open up chapters in new states with the child welfare departments. Uh, there have been situations where the department have come in and said, straight up, what you're doing is illegal. People helping their neighbors in the eyes of the child welfare department is illegal. And not just slap on the wrist, here's a ticket illegal, illegal to the point of somebody has to go to jail. And it's because the government sees itself as the only legitimate organization that can adequately protect children. In other states, they are misunderstanding what the purpose of Safe Families is. So it's not the extreme of this is illegal and we're going to punish you for doing it, but it's, okay, you look like foster care, therefore you need to be regulated like foster care. And what that does is it ends up harming the program because the program is based on not being foster care, on being a place that parents can turn to voluntarily that is not an extension of the government system that has the power to remove children. It also harms the ability of the host families who want to volunteer and want to help. We did some polling recently on voters' views of foster care, 
And we ask them two questions. We ask them if they had a family or a neighbor or an acquaintance in their community, would they be willing to step up and to help that family if they were experiencing difficult times in the form of taking care of their kids and helping them achieve stability? Over 70% across all ideological identifiers said, yes, absolutely. You ask the question in the terms of, would you be a foster parent? Only 14% of people said, yes, they would volunteer to be a foster parent. So there's a a large community of people out there, and the spirit of volunteerism and helping your neighbor is alive and well in America. People just don't want to do it through government. Um, And when you have the government coming in and regulating a voluntary system like Safe Families that prioritizes the protection of parental rights and is designed to be successful by building trust-based relationships between the family in need and the family providing assistance, uh, those types of regulations ultimately kill that spirit. Do we have any data on uh, outcomes? I know this seems like a sort, sort of a difficult thing to try to pin down in terms of outcomes, but what do we know about this kind of program versus uh, the programs operated by CPS? Well, Safe Families has been around since 2002, founded in Chicago, Illinois. And since that time, they've hosted over 20,000 children across the country. Uh, They're in 27 different states. I think they've got 80 sites from the last data that I saw. The amazing thing about it is of those 20,000 kids, 90% are successfully reunified with their parents. And they're reunified within about a month. Now, you compare that to foster care where you've got roughly a 50-50 chance of achieving successful reunification of a child with their parents once they enter the foster care system. And the average length of stay within the government foster care system is over 700 days. And that's significant because of the developmental impacts that that has on a child. The removal of the child from the home is trauma. And then going into a system where you're bounced around from home to home for years in a lot of cases, brings about additional trauma and additional struggles that children have in developing positive attachments with adults in their lives Um, and seeing what it means to be loved and what it means to have a safe and stable family. So with Safe Families, you're getting involved early enough in the process that you can prevent those negative outcomes and ensure that children realize that basic human right to a family. What can state legislatures do to assure that child protective services in their state will not attempt to prevent this type of civil society solution from emerging, from developing and becoming something that may be hopefully a wholesale replacement for uh, a lot of that type of legal entanglement that the government likes to create? At FGA, we have legislation right now that we're pursuing across the country. And what that legislation basically does is it creates a legal framework that allows a safe families type of arrangement to exist and to operate freely. There's a few key components of that legislation, uh, but first and foremost, it prioritizes community-based solutions. Um, And policymakers can say that this is something that we value in our communities and in our states. And we want to pursue and empower these organizations that are doing good work uh, in their neighborhoods. So the legislation itself makes it clear that the type of placement that we're talking about through a safe families type arrangement 
is not foster care and cannot be regulated as though it's foster care. We also include language that provides affirmative protection of parental rights. It says that if a parent decides that they want to seek this help voluntarily, that that decision in and of itself, without other evidence that there was abuse or neglect going on, cannot be held against them if CPS later does have to get involved with their life. What that does is it removes that fear and coercion component and allows families to come out of the shadows and seek help proactively. Um, and then it also establishes uh, the system for how the placement is arranged through an agreement between the placing parent and the host family. Uh, that gives the host family limited rights uh, for the care of the child. It clarifies that that placing parent retains full legal and parental rights the entire time the child is in the care of the host family. And what that does is it, again, ensures that a safe families type arrangement won't end up resulting in a child being removed completely from their family and gives that parent the peace of mind to know that once they're stable, they can pick their child up whenever they want. Andrew Brown is a senior fellow at the Foundation for Government Accountability. We spoke at the State Policy Network's annual meeting. You can subscribe to this and other Cato podcasts at iTunes, Google Play, and at Cato.org.